It's you. Yeah. It's us. Who are we? Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the music. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody wang chung tonight. The movies. Yes! 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 Oh, oh, I'll have what she's having. And the parties. No one in my family ever drinks. That's great. You probably never run out of ice your whole life. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Do you believe in John Hughes, Dayglow Colors, that Han shot first, New Wave Music, Reganomics, lip-syncing on American Bandstand, standing in line for concert ticket wristbands, Alex P. Keaton, American Top 40 Long Distance Dedications, and the one-time existence of music videos on MTV? Uh, If there's a podcasting gig in it, I'll believe anything you say. Hey, hey, it's Steve Spears, and welcome back to Stuck in the 80s. I'm your host on this trip back in time, and though I'm no longer physically with TampaBay.com, I'm there in spirit. Sir, what you had there was what we refer to as a focused, non-terminal repeating phantasm or a Class 5 full-roaming vapor. Real nasty one, too. With me as always, I'm sorry, bad habit, with me now is our new co-host, the legendary Brad in L.A. Be gentle, Spearsy. It's my first time. Oh, come on. You've waited this long. You can do better than that. Yeah, seriously though, thanks for having me. This is just this is really great. Um, I've been excited about getting into doing this, and uh, you know, it's it's great to have the chance. I, I will say I'm a little nervous, so you know, be gentle, '80s nation. But uh, we're gonna try to give you a good show here. Yeah, I'm I'm st- I'm standing on the shoulders of giants here. I, I hear Sean's put on some weight. I actually heard that too. Uh, obviously, people are wondering now. Um, wait a minute, Brad is obviously in L.A. Uh, Steve is now in Orlando. And uh, so what gives? And why is the audio quality so shaky? Uh, um, it's just how it is sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because we're recording ourselves now over Skype. Um, and just by mentioning that, I'm pretty sure we lost our last uh, seven female listeners. But basically, um, for those who don't know, Skype is like a free internet phone service. Free free is a great price. Right. We like free. And uh, so Brad is is in L.A. or the L.A. suburbs, right? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm out in the outer rim here. <laughs> and uh, I am sitting in my new uh, home office on the third floor of an apartment complex now in Orlando. The, the Lair 3 it doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? Well, you know, keep keep building it up there. By the time we get to 7 or 8, it'll be impressive. It's, it's Orlando, though. So, I mean, you can't even have a Lair. It has to be a land. So it's mm. Spearsy land. No? Spearsy land. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even want to know what the rides are like. You must be Spearsy this tall. Land. You must be this tall to get in the front door. Uh, there's just there's so much wrong. You know, Sean doesn't have that same rule. I just want you to know. <laughs> Harsh but fair. <laughs> anyway, um, the sound of the crickets here in Central Florida driving me nuts. Um, so uh, what we're going to do, I'm going to give you a quick quiz because I think there might be some people out there who question your credentials, not me. I'm, I'm horrified by that, but say, I'm willing to subject to your testing to prove my to prove myself worthy. Base Note has been flaming you all day on Facebook saying, you know, question his credentials. Chase Squire, same deal. So we're going to do it. Little game, a uh, little classic uh, 80s style quiz game here. I'm going to ask you either or and uh, okay. let the listeners decide for themselves. Ready? Okay. Here we go. 
Favorite ACDC singer, Bon Scott or Brian Johnson? Brian Johnson. Yeah, good pick. Best raunchy teen flick, Fast Times at Ridgemont High or Last American Virgin? Find me one person named Brad who doesn't answer that question fast times. Did, uh, did you used to call yourself Bradley back in the day when that was popular? No. The only person who ever really calls me Bradley is Mom. Okay. Good to know. Bigger TV annoyance, Max Headroom or Alf? Alf. Favorite fragrance, Polo or Dracar? Oh, Polo. Come on. I was, I'm more of a Dracar guy. Uh, uh, favorite John Hughes flick, Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller? That's a tough one. Uh, my my initial instinct is Ferris Bueller. Good, good. Favorite snack, Pudding Pops or Jiffy Pop Popcorn? I worked in the theater my whole adolescence. i got to go with popcorn. Good. Uh, worst fashion trend of the 80s, red leather jackets or Frankie Say t-shirts? Red leather jackets. Good. Have you ever seen a red cow? No. Best co-host today, Chase Squires or Kathy Wass? Ooh. Kathy. <laughs> anyway. Okay, you pass. Let's get started. Uh, how about a little tradition we like to call 80s News Now? Bring it. I got a bad feeling about this. I have a very bad feeling about uh, this. I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this. Yeah. I have a bad feeling about this. A very short time ago, in a galaxy not so far away, George Lucas sold his keys to the Star Wars kingdom to Disney. Yes, Disney. So now the company that gave us The Little Mermaid is in charge of Luke, Leia, and a planet full of Ewoks. The Disney further stunned the Star Wars nation by announcing that they would immediately begin work on another trilogy of movies set in the years following Return of the Jedi. I ask you, Brad in L.A., is this the dark side of the force at work, or is there hope yet for the Republic? Well, uh, I'm going to answer out of both sides of my mouth. Let me lead with the, what, what's good about it. I mean, they know how to tell stories. Uh, look at how they have kind of curated their their stories. They're very good at protecting an intellectual property. They're very good at building a brand around things. And here's a brand that comes to them pre-built. Um, it needs a little polish, but uh, I, I think that's something that is in their wheelhouse to take care of a property like that. Now, on the bad side, Disney doesn't have a great sci-fi track record. You know, I love the Tron movies. The last I, Tron, as, as do I, yeah. The last Tron movie looked fantastic. The soundtrack's great. I've gotten speeding tickets to that soundtrack, but <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's None. like, wait, what? I mean, I, I liked it because it looked cool, and that, that's okay. Yeah. But yeah. and then John Carter, you know, oh, I wanted those movies to be good, or that movie to be good. I love those stories. They're so great. The Edgar Rice Burroughs stuff, but the movie is just oh. It's so yeah. bad. So, you know, could go either way. Well, my, my take on it is that, it, I mean, obviously the first three movies are sacred. Lucas has just done, has just dragged the franchise into the, into the swamps of Dagobah with, with the, the, the prequels. I don't think it could go any lower. I think, I think there's only an upside to this. Uh, yeah, now, I agree. I agree. But whether, but whether or not, is it an upside enough to justify three more movies? I don't know. Nine Star Wars movies? That's a lot. There's a lot of stories out there. There are a lot sure. of stories that they can tell. And I think it's good that they're bringing – it's good for the the property to have some fresh blood brought into it because sure. you know, George just held it like his fiefdom. And you know, I, I used to work with guys that would talk about how oh, when the – 
the remakes of four, five, and six came out with the new footage, you know, George Lucas is raping my childhood. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, number one, why did you give George Lucas your childhood? Uh, but I think that getting some fresh blood in it is it's a good it's a good direction. I, I'm going to go with for my setting on this one. I'm going to go with cautiously optimistic. I think. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. Obviously, three movies. I mean, there'll be movies I'll see at least the first one. I remember the third prequel, um, the last one they did that starts off with a 15 minute long battle scene. Yeah. I, I, had, I had to be woken up by the person <laughs> I was with. By the time it was over, I, I had fallen asleep during the first fifteen minutes of the final Star Wars. Yeah. That's how that's how little I cared about it at that point. Um, so you know, I think you know, nothing but good things can happen, and and we'll find out. Yeah. You know, and if nothing else, it gives me something to blog about for another few years. You know. Well, and and you know they're going to be so careful with this first movie. It's it's like uh, the Harry Potter movies. The first Harry Potter movie, they're so careful with it because they don't want to screw it up, right? Christopher right. Columbus is just hitting the spots that he needs to hit. Look, the staircases move. Oh, look, all the kids have wands. Oh, the Sorting Hat. You know, they they hit the notes, and I think that. Disney will be good about making a careful, polished first movie. Now, whether that means they polish all of the good out of it, uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Let's move on to another news item. Thirty-five years after forming, in fifteen years. After the death of their legendary frontman, NXS has finally called it quits. Um, oh, sure, we'll expect another Greatest Hits album and maybe one last rogue tour if the paycheck is right. But it seems the band is unwilling to continue any longer without Michael Hutchins, who killed himself on November 22nd, 1997. Brad, in L.A., Bradley, was this long overdue or calling it quits too soon? I'm going to I'm gonna overlook that name slight. Uh, I... I think I don't think it's long overdue or calling it quits too soon. I mean, I think it's okay for them to just say, you know, we're we're done with this. Uh, you know, I, I went back the other day and listened to the catalog, listened to the, I guess, the last studio album they put out, and I was like, wow, this sounds a lot like their old studio album. So clearly, they were enjoying making that kind of music. Um, so you know, if they want to quit, that's okay. I, I'll admit they've kind of been off my radar for the last ten, fifteen years. Uh, yeah, I mean, some bands can can replace the lead singer. I mean, ACDC did it. Yeah. And they were able to move on. Uh, Sticks, not so much. Journey's probably had more success replacing a lead singer than yeah. anybody else has. But to the point but, you've made over and over again, they didn't replace their lead singer. They found another one that was just like the last one. Right, right. And, you know, I don't believe 35 years is a long time to be doing anything. And if they want to take a break and move on, if they get enough money from the residuals that they can uh, lead a happy, productive rest of their lives. I'm not going to tell them to tour one more time. Yeah. I mean, I was looking, I went back to look at, uh, I, I saw the kick tour in LA back in 87 and I was trying to figure out who opened for them. Cause I didn't remember. And, uh, I, you know, came across one of the websites that lists the touring dates. They toured like animals. I mean, they were on the road nonstop. That's just gotta be grueling. And at some point yeah. I, I have to think, I mean, I travel some for work and it gets tiring to do it all the time. That's got to get old. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm shocked the bands still go out on two year tours. I don't I don't get it whatsoever. I mean how how Journey goes on a two year tour now these days to support you know a new album is beyond me. Well, Neil Sean needs the money, man. 
<laughs> he does. He's now he's got a real house, a desperate housewife, or is a real housewife for an actual wife now? That's a, it's, <laughs> there's, it's desperate. There's a lot of desperation there. I yeah. Think. Let's move on to the next item. Well, well, well. Since the last time we met for a Stuckinini show, a whole lot of crashing and burning's been going on over there in Hollywood, my friend. A planned sequel for Top Gun has been officially grounded following the suicide of director Tony Scott. The never-ending Ghostbusters 3 saga won't be haunting us anytime soon because uh, production's not set to begin until at least next year at the earliest. And now Red Dawn has invaded theater box offices only to surrender without a fight. Does any of this surprise you? Uh, No. (laughs) No, it does not. Uh, You know, the Top Gun thing... they're always spinning. Oh, we're talking about this. We're talking about the sequel. And that could be two guys had lunch. Um, obviously it's tragic that Tony Scott died. Um, I don't know how much he was driving that sequel. Uh, the Ghostbusters thing, you know, I honestly, I think someone must've given Bill Murray a suitcase of cash just to talk about it for a little while because he kind of pretended he was interested or was kind of coy. And now he's like, I'm not doing that. That's crazy talk. And as far as red Dawn goes, you know, uh, not to be an apologist for remakes, but uh, it didn't do. Look at you know it was like seventh this weekend, something and, like that. Yeah, yeah. But look at who it was up against. I mean, it was up against like was, yeah, yeah, three three movies that are total Oscar bait. Uh, the Teen Vampire Saga, uh, you know, and, and it it did okay considering that it sat for three years and it cost yeah. almost nothing to make. That movie will probably right. make some money. Oh yeah. Well, and my thing too is um. You know, it's it's really aimed at an interesting audience. I mean, it's aimed at people like us who, for some reason, want to go back and see a remake, and then it's aimed at kids today who want to go see Thor and uh, yeah, it's a P- Peta, yeah, Peter from Hunger, Hunger Games is in there too. It's a crossover. It's a cross generational project. It, it would have been why they open it right now is beyond me. Yeah, the the um, uh, the producers or the distributors have to be just jumping up and down because hey these two guys that were in this movie three years ago all of a sudden they actually are famous yeah yeah we'll yeah, get a little no bounce kidding. off of this yeah no kidding it is it is bizarre and uh it gives me never-ending joy when i mean even though i, I we, we we groan and we moan about these remakes and sequels i mean it's kind of the lifeblood of stuck in the 80s in some way that, that the, as long as these things keep getting made Focus keeps getting put on the 80s, and I'm, I, I can't be unhappy with that. Well, and it gives us a little opportunity for righteous indignation. Right, right. Uh, Got to be a little unhappy about this next item. Here we go. Uh, Larry Hagman, who first got streaming of Genie uh, and later had all of America wanting him dead as the Texas oil tycoon J.R. Hewing on the TV show Dallas, uh, died this weekend from cancer. Um, Brad, best TV villain of the 80s? Uh, you know, I, I think he was. I think he was. I, I can't really come up with anybody else that's as compelling. I know. That's my problem. I'm like, well, name you know, five villains. You know, I, I can't. Boss Hogg. Uh, okay, he's uh, funny. Uh, Alexis Colby. I won't admit to actually watching that show, so I can't offer any insights. Um, I, yeah, I don't know who who rises Damn, to that Mr. level. Damn, Mr. Roper on Three's Company. <laughs> yeah, that isn't just a comedy foil, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say yes. And I didn't realize he's in every episode. He's the only actor that's in every episode of the original run of Dallas. I didn't know that. Yeah. I would say, I mean, I, I grew up obviously watching him on, 
I Dream of Jeannie. Yeah, exactly. Major Nelson. Uh, yeah, Major Nelson. And so I think I think I was on the wrong side of the wave with Dallas. I may have seen a few episodes, but it didn't really resonate, you know, in my little arena. Yeah. I mean, we're we're both 73, right? You and I, we're both 73. Yeah, so I, same exactly. thing. I didn't really watch it that much. I was I aware of it. It was a cultural phenomenon. You couldn't I not mean, be aware of it. I love the opening credits, you know, but I I love the idea of it. But I just, you know, nighttime soap operas, daytime soap operas. I mean, we're not going to be doing a show in General Hospital anytime soon either. I just, if you ask That's me, my, yeah, if you ask me, one of my favorite roles uh, that Larry Hagman ever played was in uh, Primary Colors in 1996, I think it was, where he plays the, I think, a reluctant politician running for president against John Travolta. I think he plays like the ex-governor of Florida or something like that. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was a pretty compelling character. But for the most part, you know, I mean, but I give him credit. He came back when TNT uh, decided to, re- to, I guess, remake Dallas or resume. Yeah, or sequel it, basically. Yeah, it's the yeah kids basically club, right? resume it. Yeah, 20 years later, he comes back and he is he was, from all accounts, the best part of the new show, just like he was the best part of the old show. So you got to give it to Hagman. I mean, the guy knows how to dominate a TV screen. Yeah. A really interesting guy too. I mean, I, I learned a lot about him. It's sad that you learned that after he died, but you know, Hey, how many Hollywood stars are married to the same woman for 50 years? Uh, Nobody, you know? Yeah. He was, he was, a, a you know, it was as many anti-smokers are, he was a rabid anti-smoker because he was a former smoker. Always the worst kind. <laughs> um, <laughs> just an interesting guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure in the, th- the three weeks it'll take me to actually piece this uh, podcast together into into usable form. Uh, it might actually be ancient history, but it really he really deserves a you know call out. It just he really was a figure of the '80s, and uh, we he will be missed. But you know what won't be missed? The Seggies. What our friends out there will probably never hear, unless I unless I put it as an outtake was the 10 takes that it took uh, Brad and I to try to do the saggies, only to give up and have me do it myself. Stupid inner. God, you can't, you can't blame the alcohol. Living Here in the I future am. is hard, man. Living in the future is harder than you think. I know. We're, I'm sitting here. It's the first time I haven't done a podcast in the studio in seven years. So you'd think I'd be all tanked out on a wild turkey and having a good time. I'm drinking strawberry soda. It's it's ten o'clock at night. I'm drinking strawberry soda, trying to go. Oh, Seggies. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. E- Eeyore's back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <clears throat> we th- we thought uh, we thought for this first uh, show we weren't going to have any reader mail, but lo and behold, l- literally hours before uh, airtime, we got the most incredible email from Gabe in Cleveland, who is I guess fourteen years old. And uh, in the great rich history of Stuck in the 80s, it will be Brad who reads the letter. Yeah, this is a this is a great letter. So here we go. Okay. Hello, Steve and Sean, dot, 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 or Brad. It's Gabe in Cleveland. And as a result of the Stuck in the 80s rebirth, I've decided to listen to every podcast in order again in a week. In a week? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll take uh, – I call shenanigans on that. I don't think there's enough hours for that. But, hey, that just means you have a rich body of work, Steve. Yeah. Uh, to resume, this morning I finished them all, and I was filled with nostalgia for both the 1980s, which I was not present for, and, of course, the days of yore of Stuck in the 80s. 
I'm writing in because I recently achieved a feat that not many kids my age, I'm 14, could pull off well, with a Genesis record playing at the same time. There's a girl in my science class, who I have the hots for, who I invited over to my house to study for a test. Sounds a little sketchy, I know, but anyhow, when her mom drops us off at my house, I decide that this was my moment. So I took out Genesis' album, Invisible Touch, on vinyl, put it on my record player, and we began to study. After exactly 17 minutes and 7 seconds, the first three tracks, In Too Deep comes on. The girl looks up at me and says, this is my favorite song. And playing along with this, I replied, that's mine as well. To make a long story short, best kiss ever. Thank you, Stuck in the 80s gang, because without you guys, I would have no idea Invisible Touch even existed. From Gabe and Cleveland. Wow. Okay, I don't know. There's a little, I'm a little skeptical. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah he's... He's 14, 14 years old, so that makes him a what? Uh, he's a freshman? Yeah, high school freshman. Okay, that works for me. Yeah, yeah, that's reasonable. You know, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. No. And In Too Deep is a great makeout song. Yeah, you know, so we're getting kids started off right here. Yeah. God. I hope the parents aren't pissed off, though. Is there any sort of actionable thing that could happen here? There's not, right? They kissed. Okay. We don't even know if Gabe's uh. is really... You know, do we know... We, we know very little about Gabe. You know, do do we fact check all our letters? Does no. does, does uh, Hustler fact check their letters? <laughs> oh God, that would be a great job, though, wouldn't it? Oh heck yeah! <laughs> I'm gonna need a little that. more information on <laughs> a little more. Could you? Is there any photos you could provide to back up the evidence of what happened? I'm not quite sure how the dishwasher played into that. Yes, uh, that's interesting. Um, you know, I. Invisible Touches, I I get mocked for my love of that album, but there's something about it. I, it's just, you know, I've always enjoyed it. You can go back, um, I don't know what episode it is, but it's probably at least four years old now where we did a whole episode on Invisible Touch. And I think we told some some sad, mopey stories about ex-girlfriends and stuff like that. And yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a great episode. It's definitely worth going back and listening to. Uh, and if you have your own letters, uh, we have a new email address now. Don't forget. I'm, I'm going to botch it saying it. It's um, sits80s at gmail.com. I don't believe that's you... correct, sir. What is, is it? it? Is it SIT80S? Not SITS. It's not SITS80S. It's SIT80S. See, I told you I was going to botch it. SIT80s at gmail.com. See, that's just sad. I don't know my own email address anymore. Uh, we'll, I, we'll help I, you find I, your way home, Steve. God. Okay. Continuing on. What's that? A new mystical sound? Could it be that we've developed a new Seggy? We're always in 80s labs working on your behalf. Yes, yes. Rutgers University has 10 scientists who sit around all day thinking what kind of gibberish segment they can make up to a, a Bruce Springsteen song. It, it's, uh, it's amazing. This, yeah, this one's actually going to be called Stuck in Stuck in the 80s. It's going to be a throwback to the old days, and we'll, it'll include a clip of an old story. It's so but meta. This, it is just absolutely so yeah, meta. It's full of keywords. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so for this word, for this week, um, we're going to honor uh, Thriller, uh, which turns 30 years old. Michael Jackson's album turns 30 years old on 
November 30th. Um, so God knows you're probably now listening to this in March. Seeing I had, it'll take me five months to get all the, March, all the March, out. March 2014, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, th- so thrill. I have a thing on the blog that I just finished. Uh, Twenty things to revere about uh, Thriller on its 30th anniversary because I frankly ran out of things after 20. Well, you know, it's so awesome. You have to just bask in. Yeah. It. What could we? And, and remember, there's an epi- There's a whole episode of Stuck in the 80s. If you go back like six years, yeah, it's it has an early me, episode. Yeah, yeah. Me, Sean, and Kathy, and it's great. And it brings up the whole idea of what the Stuck is about. Stuck in the Stuck in the 80s is going to be. A clip from an old show, and this show, uh, Brad has picked a great one. He picks the Sean Daly uh, talking about Thriller, and he gives us the story of a young classmate named Rob Rains and how uh, at a school dance, Rob Rains chose to honor Thriller. So turn it over to history. Here we go. Uh, Julie Rothrow was my crush. crush in, uh, I lived in Western Massachusetts. And our Julie and I dance into a, a Def Leppard song, but one of them that starts slow. Well, because he only had in. one arm, so they were all slow. No, I think the guy had drummer, so I, I, no, I think the drummer had, had both arms back then. But anyway, I you know it, it was. Uh, but but I remember once at one dance they threw on the lights. And everyone's like, you know, kind of squinting from the glare. And they're like, we have a special presentation. <laughs> oh, no. Rob Rains, who's this kind of uh, small, like, wiry, uh, uh, redheaded kid. Rob Rains has a special dance performance. <laughs> and everyone's like, what the hell? And Rains was kind of quiet, didn't really have a lot of friends. But this is his moment to shine, oh, you know? His 15 He's like 12, 13 years old. And so all of a sudden, like Billy Jean kicks in, and Rob Rains comes out in the in the in the zippery jacket and the one white glove, and he starts doing this dance to to Billy Jean, and everyone's like, "What the heck is is Rains doing?" You know. But slowly we realize that this kid's dying out. They just got dancing, not really doing a lot of good moves, and everyone kind of gathered around Rob Rains and started clapping. You know, and eventually it was over, and everyone kind of patted on the back, and the kid just went off by himself again. Like that was his, his you know, his oh, moment of fame. And uh, wow. I guarantee that Rob Rains drinks a little bit more than he should these days, <laughs> basically because of that and he, memory. And he flashes back yeah. to that moment. So anyway, I don't, you know, so wow, but, that but takes a lot it, of guts. Yeah, but that's how much people love Michael Jackson yeah. back then. Easily one of my all-time favorite Stuck in Eighties stories. Yeah, that's just a great. That's a great podcast moment. Um, and I, you know, everyone has their favorites. So you guys, uh, Stuck in the Eighties Nation, please send us in yours, and that'll help us uh, figure out what we ought to include in this segment. Right, exactly. All Stuck in Stuck in the Eighties will be reader suggested. So it would really help us, though. I mean, really, really help us if you tell us what episode number. Because <laughs> yeah. if you say. If you say, play the baloney story, I have no idea what episode that was. Yeah, it, I, 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 can't, I can't tell you that stuff. Yeah. I don't remember. It, it's funny you'd say that. There was a point in my – I was thinking about starting a, a Wikipedia site for Stuck in the 80 called, called Stuckopedia, and I decided that that was just a bridge too far. So if you want to know the limits of my fandom, I think we just talked about them. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. These, these – Podcasts are time suckages, and so you do them on your own time when you when you feel in the mood to do them. And to go back through 276 episodes and talk about who what the topic was and what the who the guests were, what the stories were, that would just be, you know, a sign of madness. So it's not that we're asking you to do our homework for us, but uh, 
but just know, do our homework. Would for you us, mind okay? bringing it over on Saturday so I could copy yeah. it into my own handwriting? Exactly. You wouldn't want me to Second get thrown of, off this podcast, would you? <laughs> yeah, I know. Shortest. This will be the shortest uh, tenure of uh, Segi since the historical, <laughs> hist- hysterical historical happenings. Uh, I think this one's got legs. I was, actually, I think we recorded it. I don't think we ever actually used it. It was so bad that we recorded it, and I threw it onto the editing room floor before anyone ever heard it. I should have saved stuff like that, do a, a whole outtake episode, but you really don't want to hear it. Yeah. it it'll That's sound like I the, really it, do. Yeah. It'll sound like the Purple Rain podcast that nobody wants to hear. Oh, <laughs> We'll be right back after this commercial break. especially for systems from Atari. The video game that lets you help E.T. get home. Just in time for Christmas. Happy holidays. We've been waiting for a long time. Yes, we've been waiting for a long, long time. We've been waiting for a long time. But we ain't gonna wait no more. We're getting ready to rock and roll. We're gonna one, two, three, four, one, two, three. Well, there's a reason everybody should be shaking in the house tonight. And you should wear your favorite lady and promise her you do it right. Tell Bat Jack to jump back and give you a shot of some booze. So you can party to some stomp down, but both and rock and roll, rhythm and blues. And we're back, and uh, I got to ask Brad. So, what's it feel like to to do a podcast? Uh, it's a little surreal. I, I feel like I, you know, I, I filled out my application for podcasting fantasy camp, and they sent me you. Uh, <laughs> and you got Ted Nugent. <laughs> Ted Nugent, seriously? I would have taken the guy who played keyboards for Spando Ballet, but Ted Nugent? No, no, it's been fun. Um, it'll be interesting to see what people think of the audio quality. Yeah, because I know it's I know it's not what it once was because we're not in a studio. It's hard to to uh, recreate that professional environment without the professional stuff, and you know right. we're, we're doing this with our laptops and USB microphones and a wing and a prayer and a free internet phone. Do you think gin would go well with strawberry soda? Uh, I think vodka probably. Gin has have- too many botanicals. Yeah. Really? <laughs> like that's going to somehow prevent me from drinking? I didn't say you shouldn't do it. I said it won't go. I bought home. I brought home tonight. I brought home uh, Fresca because I was going to mix that with the gin and have that during the podcast. But I didn't know how long it would take us to record the show, and I didn't want to be like, "I oh, we're back." <laughs> I didn't want to start make my fourth drink. <laughs> yeah, bathroom break. I mean, I just uh, it's, it doesn't. We did the one. We did the one uh, drinking in the '80s show, and I think that was six years ago too. Yeah, you recorded uh, at a bar, (laughs) at a bar, which has since closed. (laughs) Closed uh, earlier this year, Green Iguana. And uh, I think the manager of the bar thought, when he agreed to do it, that we were going to attract this big crowd. You know, like when radio personalities, like an oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we attracted nobody, nobody. I mean. It, I've, the place had never been more dead. Three drunks, know, and, three drunks with a microphone. Yeah, and it, it, you know, that's what's really funny too. We had a designated driver, and yet none of us got drunk. It's a show about getting drunk in the eighties. We're there at a bar 
on our own time, not on work time. We have uh, all the money in the world to spend, and we don't get drunk. I, I still, I still don't know how. How did that go wrong? Talk, talk about what oh makes Thursday cry. I still get. Somebody was telling me about it the other day, saying they were listening to an old episode, and um, and they were that was the one they were listening to. I'm like, oh, please, not that one. I mean, of all the ones that I really, I mean, even worse than Wopat, drinking in the '80s is just like it could have been so much better. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Opportunities lost. What are you going to do? So what? Uh, what do you? What do you think? Uh, other shows we have coming up in the near future? Larry Hagman Part Two, obviously. Well, you know my my pet my pet favorite project. Uh, you know, thirty year treasury bills of nineteen eighty two. Ah. Uh, best fourth wall breaks of uh, the eighties. Totally visual would never work. <laughs> oh, we'll walk them. You know what? You know what? You know what gets me is people. Uh, some of the worst ideas that we've ever had. I mean, it happens all the time where people. Uh, someone said roller coasters of the '80s one time. They wanted it as an episode. And I'm like, seriously, how the hell are we gonna do? <laughs> That's you know, it, it's it's like art, I guess. Well, it would be it'd be a good blog item. You know, you could show a picture. Here it is, the Gunt Rancher. Yeah, from, and, you unless know. you'd ridden them all. And uh, yeah, which you know, I haven't. Full disclosure: I, I, I get motion sickness. Yeah, so do I. Um, so I don't think that's going to work, but it'll be interesting. Uh, we will, um, try to maybe cover the Beatles in the eighties, what they did separately, obviously not together. Uh, we'll try to continue the series of, um, biggest busts. I think we're up to 1982 or three. Yeah. And as we start getting into the, you know, 2013, we're hitting more of that sweet spot where a lot of stuff is 30 years old. So God, sad. I know. Our, our favorite albums are getting ready to start having midlife crises. <laughs> hey, we want to have those midlife crises with you, so stick around with us on this uh, crazy, weird experiment. Uh, in the meantime, Brad and Ellie and myself and the rest of Stuck in the 80s Nation remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Boys are back.